Why is it that some people seem to have all of the time in the world to do the things that they want to do, while others struggle with zero time or freedom to truly have a life? Welcome to The Unshackled Life with Aaron Young. We're here to help you take your time back and start thinking about how to work smarter and have more fun. Now, here's your host, Aaron Scott Young. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Unshackled Life. I'm Aaron Young. It's so good to be back with you guys here again on the Influencer uh, Network, you know, this uh, or a Voice America Network and the Influencer Channel. This is a great place to get inspired, to to meet interesting people, to get some new ideas, and to, to really up-level your life. And and uh, we've been having so much fun uh, with this program and with the, the, the response we've been getting. Um, if you uh, There'll be a phone number later in the show if you want to call in and ask any questions. If you're out there and you want to want to talk to me or our guests, you can call in. But I really I love bringing you unusual stories. And today we have we've got a great unusual story. Uh, but I think one that's going to be really, really um, inspiring for you. One that's uh, one that I think that you're going to be able to find yourself as, a, as that uh, aspiring entrepreneur or the entrepreneur who is feeling shackled in your business now. Uh, we're going to hear from a fellow who's um, who's done some big things, some amazing things, and right now is doing something that totally blows my mind. Uh, so uh, we're, our guest today is Anthony Amos, and Anthony is, um, he's the founder, he's a, he's a lifetime entrepreneur, he's had a great life, a big life, but he's um, he's built one of the largest, well, I think the largest in his, in his niche, the largest um, franchise company for dog grooming. This is poor, mobile dog grooming, they're big down on the on the other side of the world from where I, I am. Some of us Americans call it down under. In Australia, uh, they've got about 300 uh, franchisees for their business called Hydro Dog. And um, and that's all great, and that'd be a good story all by itself of how do you build a big franchise, successful franchise. But um, we met recently, and um, I found out about what Anthony's doing as he's traveling around the country with his family and a, uh, a giant 20-foot-long blue dog in tow. So with that little setup, let me let me welcome Anthony Amos to the show. How are you doing today, Anthony? G'day, mate. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited about this conversation we're going to have today. So you okay? So you're you're. Uh, let's just let's start let's start right where we like at the current, and then I want to go back in time. But let's start right now and say, tell me about the um, the blue dog, and tell me about um, uh, how you're managing to pull a, a, a twenty foot blue dog around the country. Alrighty, so I'll give you um, what you guys love to say over here, the elevator pitch, if you like. So, five Australians, beautiful wife, three kids, fourteen, thirteen, and twelve. Girl, boy, girl, three rabbits. <laughs> and a rescue puppy living in a 40-foot RV towing a big blue dog that's a grooming salon behind us, 63 feet in total, around the country, visiting 50 states, 150-plus cities. We're washing dogs at shelters and events, raising awareness for animal adoption and animal rescue. And um, we're bringing a lot of attention to uh, the marketplace in regards to trying to save as many dogs as we can across Australia. Five Sorry, America. Five thousand five hundred dogs get put down every day here in this country, and we want to we want to do our bit and um, do something about that. 
Okay, so so um, so first of all, that you just—I'm sorry—you just sort of staggered me there. Fifty-five hundred dogs a day, a day, a day, and that's just dogs. That's not cats or gerbils or whatever. That's just dogs. That's just dogs. How sad is that? Goodness, well, it's it's it screams of a problem out there. Of um, I mean, as somebody who lives on, as a matter of fact, um. Uh, I'm broadcasting today. Last time, last couple times, I was at the beach house. Today, I'm at our farm up in the mountains in Washington State. And as I can look out the window, I mean, I'm seeing a whole herd of goats, a llama, cows, horses. We have four Australian shepherds, which I know are not really Australian, <laughs> but uh, just in deference to you. And um, as somebody who who has this uh, stewardship for for taking care of these animals. Uh, and, and I've taken in two rescues uh, in the last few years. But the point is, that I'm sorry, I, that's not what we're here to talk about, but you kind of just blew my mind. I don't think yep. people knew that. But if you're going to get a pet, folks, make sure you have time for the pet. Make sure you have time. If, you're gonna, if you really are going to breed your dog, remember that um, breeding is the easy part. It's, the, it's taking care of them. It's the, it's the rearing those puppies. And then... You know, there's no guarantee that people are going to take those puppies from you at eight weeks old. You know, Correct. you may end up you may end up with a, a house full of dogs, and it, we see a tremendous number of them in um, in shelters. I had no idea there was that many being put into. So you're going around and you're and you're ma- trying to draw awareness to this problem. But what is dog grooming, especially mobile dog grooming, which seems like something for the affluent? What does that have to do with helping? Uh, raise awareness for, for animals that are being killed in these uh, kill shelters? Well, it really boils down to this. So we're very transparent about what the objective is. And um, I know you wanted me to jump back and tell you the beginning of the story. Maybe this is a really good time to do it, to build what I'm about to say and why it's so relevant to um, to the cause. And if we do go back to Australia when I was uh, 21, I just finished two years of um, professional football. And in the down season... I hold on, you're talking about soccer, right? What no, we call I'm talking soccer. about rugby. I'm talking rugby. Oh, you're talking rugby. Okay, yes, so yes. We're, I, I'm, I, I get confused with all these sports terms. You know, football. <laughs> now yes. I know that it's not just soccer or American or Canadian football. It's also rugby, which at least yes. looks something like American football. So you were playing that in college or yep. professionally? No, I went straight from high school straight to professional. Wow. And um, I played two years. Now, the problem is, is, as all your listeners being entrepreneurs would know, you know you're an entrepreneur when it's it's very uh, noticeable that you find it hard to be told what to do. Now, there's a difference between that and being coachable when you when you have mentors, but being told what to do with something that you really love, you feel that you've got a, a hold on that. So I was struggling with being told what to do with something that I loved, knowing that I was now competing against my best friends to get a position in a team, and it took the fun out of it for me. And I was really funny like that because I, w- I was good, you know, I was, I was a, a good opportunity to have a great career. Anyway, in the down season, um, <laughs> this is a very, very cool story. I don't think I've shared this many times, but the way we started the business was we purchased a $1,400 hydro bath, which is basically a bath for dogs. You get the bath, it's got a shower rose, and you, you, you hose it like a, a shower inside this fiberglass tub. We bought that secondhand bath. I had a garden trailer in my backyard so we put the bath widened into the trailer stuck an ad in the newspaper on friday and then rented a mobile phone it was just before mobile phones were affordable 
wasn't a brick, but it was still a little bit too much to purchase. So um, that Friday, I remember ringing all my family and friends, and I was so excited. I felt so much like a yuppie. You know when you, the new kids got the phones and I was ringing everybody? And then on the Saturday morning, um, what happened was the phone rang, and I thought it was the fire alarm because nobody had actually rang me. And the girl that I was with at the time said, oh, you idiot, it's the, fo- it's the phone, it's not a fire alarm. So I answer the phone, Hydrodog Anthony speaking, this old lady on the phone says, yes, I just saw you're adding a paper. I'd like to get my dog washed. It was $10, so I've got her booked in. I rang my brother and said, mate, we've got a dog booked in. I'm coming to get you right now. We're in so business. About, oh, we're in business. You know, we're in business. <laughs> Unbelievable. So $10. I drive, we go to my brother's, I go to my brother's place, and by the time I got to his place, I had another eight calls. We've now got mm. nine dogs booked in. That feeling of freedom of starting your own business, you never forget it. So anyway, he raced inside to get the shampoo that we'd bought the day before on Friday. We threw the shampoo in the back, the dog shampoo, get to our first customer. And I was always the one that was the people person, still am. I still love people a lot, really good people I've always connected with. So I'm talking to the customer, he goes, gets the shampoo, and you wouldn't believe it, but he put dishwashing liquid into the bar. So we washed <laughs> our first nine dogs with dishwashing liquid. That's how Hydro Dog started. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, created a great business, and over a short period of time, we got to 100 franchises really, really fast, very successful young entrepreneurs doing very, very well, and um, one of our goals was once we get 100 franchises, it was actually operators, because we thought we are going to have 100 operators, but what we found in the service industry is if you don't have skin in the game, there's real dramas with people committing to the businesses. If it rains, they stay in bed. If they get drunk on Friday night, they don't turn up on Saturday with their hangover. One of the girls got pregnant, they just walked away from the round. Of course, you're going to look after your baby before you're going to think about washing dogs. But the point is, when the service industry builds that three, six, 12-month customer base, your employee really has you strangled hold within the company because they're the ones relating to the customers, not you. So that's why we franchised. Okay, hold, hold, hold on, hold on. I know you're setting up a story here, Anthony, but I, I yes. need to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. I'm All in. right, so so don't lose track. Don't lose track. I'm I sure won't. you remember the history, but I want to ask, <laughs> first of all, why, I mean, why dogs? Like, why did you get into washing dogs? Here you were as a professional athlete. What made you say, I want to I want to go from being, uh, you know, kind of on television, playing around, you know, getting all the perks of professional athletics uh, to saying, I'm going to wash dogs. How did that I, happen? I, I like you because I haven't been asked this question before because I try to keep this story short. Uh, I was working in a pub hotel in, the, um, in between the uh, training days of my football, and there was a guy that used to come in to the pub, and he, he always had wads of cash. And this one day I said, what do you do? He said, well, believe it or not, I don't like to tell a lot of people because it's a bit embarrassing. I said, well, it can't be embarrassing with carrying that much cash. Right? You always had this ton of money with a, like a roll. We don't have big rolls over in Australia like you do here in the US. We saw a little bit more, I don't know, I, I, I didn't see those big rolls like came to the US so you carry them in your pocket because I guess you're still much more a, um, a cash society. So anyway, um, he said, I've got this bath and I wash these dogs on Sundays and Saturdays and people line up around the corner. I charge them $5 and I wash them for about 15 minutes and I don't even dry them. I said, are you kidding me? So we went around and had a look, and that's how we found out you can get a hydro bath, and that's how it all started. I, I did a, um, a project two and a half years before at school. I, when I was finishing my last senior school year, year 12, um, I did a project on the home service industry. 
people were getting their cars cleaned at home, people getting their lawn mowing done at home, people getting their dry cleaning dropped off. So one moment of seeing this opportunity and then positioning that in the butt in the back of a trailer and going mobile, it just it sort of hit me like a ton of bricks. And we were one of the first people to ever do it in Australia. And to get out there and start it and grow as fast as we did, that's really how the story actually started. So, yeah, yeah. That, I haven't had someone jump in and do that. I just try to keep it very brief, but that's really how it all started. Well, it's, you know, here's the thing. Uh, so uh, there, I, I still want to know more, but the bottom line is, is that you got in. First of all, you'd done some research. So you had, even if it was a high school paper, you still had some knowledge that maybe other people, you, you were paying attention to something people weren't paying attention to. And then you saw an opportunity and you knew enough about the industry, not dog washing, but but home uh, delivered services. You thought, oh, here's a way. It's it's a low barrier to entry, not a lot of money. I can wash a dog. I can buy this hydro bath. I'll buy a used one, and uh, and we'll and we'll do it here at home. I mean, I mean, it's freaking brilliant. And and if you think <laughs> about it, it's the same. It, now we're seeing it in a much more organized way with things like Uber. And with uh, Airbnb, where people are taking something that they already have, like their car or their extra bedroom, and they're saying, hey, you know, why not somebody get some value out of this? You're saying, hey, I got a yard. I got a bath. Come bring your dog over. Um, did you ever get bitten during washing a dog? Well, don't forget that that trailer, we actually went mobile. So that guy did it in his home, but we put it in the back of a trailer and we went mobile. We went to people's homes. No biting? That's- no, I've never been bitten. And you know what's ironic about this question is that I get it all the time. Even yesterday, we nearly washed 100 dogs yesterday for the charity we did up here in um, um, Rochester. I think it's Rochester in Dover in um, uh, New Hampshire. And I got must have got asked five times, do you ever, do you ever get bitten? And um, the answer is no, because one, they're coming from their environment into yours. So they're now more worried about, you know, getting bathed. The second thing is people with really crazy aggressive dogs, they never get them bathed. So you just mm. it's sort of it's it's one of those anomalies where it just never very, very rarely happens. It's never happened to me. Okay. I just had to ask. I mean, you know, you you've washed a lot of dogs, especially oh. just on this on this trip. Oh my so goodness. You must have liked dog I got I'm I'm gonna go on to the business stuff, but I just gotta ask this. So did you did you already have a uh, unusual devotion or love of dogs? Or was this just strictly opportunistic, uh, you know, taking an opportunity and, and making money with it? You have to love dogs to do this. I had five dogs growing up as a kid, and I think, you know, be, I was a really naughty child. So I had a dog that was a stray and became my best friend, and somehow it straightened me out a little bit. And, and I've just loved them forever. But I, but I will be very transparent when I say this to you. After washing the dogs for... Six years, we never borrowed one dollar when we were building that business in Australia. We just kept pouring it in every week, every week, seven days a week. Dawdled us. We and while still playing local football, not professional, but local, we worked so hard and we just poured so much money in and we kept building the franchise because here's these two big burly blokes playing football and we decimated the whole criteria that you the stereotype they have to be women to be grooming and washing dogs. So then we assimilated with the men that were married, saying, if that bloke can do it, surely I can get out there and do it. So the wives didn't really mind if their husband was, you know, becoming a dog washer. So, you know, that in itself and doing it for so long helped to say, well, if he's going to be doing it, I can be doing it. And then that way they saw the owners leading by example. And that's how we grew the franchise so fast. And in the end, we didn't really have to wash the dogs towards the last couple of years, but we still did it to grow 
the business and then slowly went more and more into more management over and above that period of time. Yeah, folks. So listen again. This is a recurring theme on this program with my guests who've become very successful. They've got these great stories, you know, and I mean, even if you want to say you're, you know, you're, you're a gypsying around the United States, you're still in a freaking 40 foot motorhome. I mean, it's not like you're, you know, hitchhiking or, you know, <laughs> and, you, and you're able to afford to have rabbits and a, and a, a new, uh, and your babies and your sweetheart, but also uh, and, a, and a rescue dog. But so you're doing something nice, but listen, guys, here's, here it is again, too many people, they start a business and they think, oh, I'm going to get rich right now. And they end up sucking all the money out of the company. They end up stealing food from the goose that can lay the golden eggs. And again, here's Anthony saying, we started doing it. We kept our day job going. We start. We got our, our what what is being called side hustles right now, got our other thing going and poured the money back into the business to build the freaking franchise. Folks, if you want to become unshackled, if you want to have that life, look at look at this story. A lot of people would be just satisfied to be a famous professional athlete going out and do that. Um, they wouldn't they wouldn't reduce themselves down just like the fella there, you know, that you met the, the wad of cash. That's a little embarrassing for me to say. These two big burly blokes are doing the work so that nobody's going to, it's somehow okay if these studs are doing it instead of, you know, whatever. Guys, you've got to figure out a way to get your hands dirty, to start making money, and then dump it back into the business and build it so that that goose gets healthy and gets mature and starts giving the golden eggs. That is your, your solution. That's your success story. And we're going to come right back and talk about the business that Anthony built with HydroDog and what he's doing traveling around the country back here on the Unshackled Life program on the Influencer Network, Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. 
Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Unshackled Life. To reach the show today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Aaron at AaronScottYoung.com. Now, back to The Unshackled Life. So we're back, you know, and we're, we're talking with Anthony Amos of HydroDog. But before I go back into that, I, wanna, I just want to say... Listen, if you're listening to the Influencer Network, if you're listening to the, this show because Unshackled Life sounded exciting to you, then I just want to come back and say, look, the, the, the path that you've been traditionally told you need to follow is bogus. Um, the, the fact is 80% of the world's billionaires do not have a college degree. And so what you want to be doing is figuring out there's two big things. One, look for opportunity, which our guest has talked about just all the way from a paper he wrote for school and then, you know, listening to somebody who gave him a, a tip on how they could have a wad full of cash in their pocket helped him create the largest franchise company of its kind in the world. So you're one, you're looking for opportunity. Yes, of course. But then the other thing is that's brilliant that's just been brought up is then you feed that, you feed it, you nurture it, you take care of it, and you work your butt off at first. But if you, but you don't stay. Listen to what Anthony said. He started off washing dogs in the trailer, right? Then they, were, then they started having franchisees. And at some point, he didn't really have to wash the dogs anymore, but he needed to lead by example and show other people what needed to be done. So here's the deal. Look for great opportunities Get your hands dirty, and then as soon as you've built systems, you start to scale the system. This is the entire premise of the Unshackled Owner Intensive. It's the whole message that if you want to have an unshackled life, it's not just about great ideas. It's not just about building a successful business. It's about building something that can start to transcend you, where you have one-to-many influence. And that's what our guest today, Anthony Amos, has done in spades down in Australia. So keep going. So where we left off, Anthony, was you guys had built it up to 100 franchises. Now, what what's magic you when you all of a sudden get to, because a lot of franchise companies, you know, a lot of people that try to franchise never have any success. And so to get to 100 franchises is kind of a big deal. Especially when you're in your 20s, mate. You know, like just that sort of uh, money and, you know, unbelievable excitement of people wanting to purchase your original business model. And I, to this day, like you think about it, what people will pay you money up front dupl- duplicating what you've created and then they're going to give you a royalty for the term of their agreement with you. See, for me, that was still blows me away. But yet, if you think about that seven, eight years of us digging in deep, working seven days a week, really, especially those six years of the dog washing, yeah, they're buying our blueprints. So they don't have to do what we went through. So I, I end up understanding that and when we had our goal of reaching 100 to fly to Geneva and buy a Rolex, and that's exactly what we did, um, <laughs> it was one of those moments that you feel so successful because you've actually achieved something you set out to do. But this is the problem. I, m- money's never been the motivator. What's motivated me is making a difference and being able to see it for your own eyes and getting paid to do that, if you know what I mean. I don't. I'm not the money chaser, but I'm like building the businesses to be able to get to a point 
to have plenty of money to then contribute back with something I'm going to share in a minute. So I came back and I said, I want to sell. My brother's like, are you crazy? So I just, I don't want to do it anymore. I've lost the... Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Yep. Hold on. You got 100 franchises. Yep. You get on a plane and you fly from Australia... To Geneva. To Geneva. Now that's got to be a 12-hour flight or something. That's a uh, long well, flight. Well, mate, from here to Australia, in flight time alone is 24 hours. So no, I'm talking about Geneva. Geneva's further east. You know, not so many time zones. I mean, how, how long is the flight from Geneva to, to Australia? I, I, I think we had three connecting flights that day. Uh, it's a long, it's a a big, long way. It was a big, you made a big, so you're, you're like, you're, hooray, so you got your Rolex on your wrist. Yep, yep. And, and you want to sell. You want to get out I of I want to sell. Now, the reason I did is that I was the one dealing with all the franchisees. 20% of them, I love to death and become really, really close with the other 80 they would struggle, you know. I really had to work hard to keep them where they needed to be. So I was, I wasn't burnt out, but I'd reached the goal. We'd made plenty of money, and let's let's do something else. And um, he just he didn't want it. He was a money guy. He was just no, no, no. So we went back to the guy that helped us build the franchise in the early days, David Mitchell. God I love this guy. He said, you know, you can turn this into a master franchise. You can sell off all the states. You can have one owner in every state, and you deal with the seven, and they deal with all the franchisees. And I was like. No way. And being in franchising as long as we had, we hadn't explored that. We hadn't really gone into detail of what that does look like. And when we looked in, I was like, sign me up. I'm in. Okay, I'll stay in if we can just deal with seven people. And the best part about that was they were more entrepreneurial. They were more business savvy. They, they had vision. So now we've got seven of these guys with us, board of directors, if you like, invested into the company, and we just grew like wildfires. So... That was very, very cool. That that was a turning point for me of growth, and I love growth. But unfortunately, two years later, same thing happened. We didn't have a Rolex this time, but it was just two years later. I said, I I don't want to do this anymore. So we sold the company. Uh, no one's ever sold a company like this in Australia. It was a, a record amount, and we then went into property, which we'd never done before. We, went, we became property developers. We were on the on the path of building a $100 million Ramada resort up in North Queensland. And that's when your your guys over here in the uh, US with their prime <laughs> lending turned upside down. It was, oh, perfect timing for us to sell. Worst time in the world to be getting into, into property estate. development. But let me tell you what the lesson was that I learned out of that. I went from something that I poured my heart into, that I was passionate about, that I, I loved so much. But what happened was I felt like I was getting to the level where I was tapping myself out of growth. So I went from one level, and entrepreneurs do that. If you're really invested in entrepreneuring yourself, you do go through those plateaus, and that's what I did. Even though I still love my company so much, my real next best thing should have been taking it to another country, and, and that's where we'll come into the story where we are now. But the lesson here for everyone is that I went into something I had no idea about. We employed project managers. We employed um, builders and all that. So they did all the work, and we didn't have a handle on it because we had so much money, and that was a real lesson for the universe to go, well – why don't you just give back all your money to the uh, to the marketplace right now? Let's <laughs> let's see what you're going to do. So this time, my beautiful wife and I, we came to America, brought the big blue dog, and I'm back, baby. I'm back because now I've got this new opportunity of growth with a company that I know everything about, from you know washing to management to selling franchises to selling master franchises. I'm I've got all the tools. So we came over, we found our business partners, we built the business. 
And within 12 months, we had our franchise system ready to go. I went back to Australia for a funeral and they'd come together and said, listen, we're leaving too much money on the table. We, we want to corporatize. So this, what I shared with you before, being a service industry, guys, and they said, we believe that we can fund this. I said, well, we're going to have to go through a buyout. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting confused in the story. Okay. So you had HydroDog, 200 franchises in Australia, kicking butt, sold yep. the company, you got rich. Yep. yep. You went into the real estate, into developing property, and basically lost you know, a, a, a some or all of your money. Um, mm-hmm. But you had a, a big turn of fortune from that you know, big paycheck that you got when you sold the company to uh, the real estate market you know, going against you. Is that correct? Correct. All right. And then you said, okay, well, I know about HydroDog and I know about franchising. And, and when you said, okay, I'm back, I'm going to go back into it. Was that in the United States? Is that what I heard yes. you say? Yes. Okay, so you came over America. here and you found a bunch of people that said, you know, fi- financiers or partners or whatever. And you think, okay, we're going to franchise HydroDog in the United States. So, so yep. now you have some kind of a master franchise agreement with whoever, whomever bought HydroDog from you. Like you said, give me the United States. No, I own, I'm the owner of that. I, we only sold off Australia. I still have oh. all the intellectual property worldwide. That's me. I'm the founder of the company. I found Okay, I didn't know. But when you said nothing. you sold it, I thought you sold it all off and went away. Okay, so nice. so you came here. You want yep. to do the same thing again. You've learned the lesson, but you've got all these clever people in the United States saying uh, we, we shouldn't be franchised. We should be corporately owned stores, right? We we corporately own franchise, uh, mobile franchises, and have employees instead of franchises because we can afford to cover, um, you know, r- the running of a business by not having the, the franchisees. But then again, I said you can't have employees in service industries because of the reasons that I shared before. Right, they, they, they don't have any skin in the game. No skin in the no game. No skin in the game. That's right. Right. Yeah. So okay. So you so. so <laughs> so I'm just I'm loving this story. Okay, so the you learned this great lesson with property development that when you when you turned over sort of your um when you when you sort of ceded control over to property managers and other people who knew more about that uh, they were great at consuming the money, making choices. Again, no skin in the game. It's their job, right? Right. right. Um, and so now you've had this this. From from football, you know, rugby player to successful uh, business owner to successful franchiser, successful master franchiser. You sold it. You make all this money. You've got a cool Rolex. You go into property development. You lose all that. You, you lose whatever. Then you come to the United States. Say, okay, let's let's try this again. And and you've got you now. You're getting what you feel in your gut is bad uh, counsel. Is that true or not true? Or did you go? Maybe I don't know this market. No, I was more or, like, more or less like, here's a check because we want to corporatize it, but we want to keep you. We want you to still be the, the, the face. I'm like, I'm a franchise guy. I'm not a corporate guy. So we went through a buyout and they bought me out. And now they're running the so-called corporatized side of the big blue dog here in America now. And I've got my check and I'm investing in opening up other companies and investing in other companies. How long ago is this? All right, so um, we'll just put it this way. A year and a half passes, and then they ring me back, and they say to me, you were right, we should have franchised, and I bought the company back. So that, <laughs> that, only, that only happened about a year and a half ago. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. so this is unfolding in real time now. So you said, okay, good. I'm going back to my roots. I'm going back to my roots. Um, and and you said we're good. So so you came over. We've we've got about five minutes or so before okay. our next break. So I want to know what what is your with everything you've learned with this. Um, and the things you've seen with your franchising and then going to a master franchiser and kind of your quasi board of directors and the corporate mess and all this stuff. So wh- what do you take away from all of that besides you need skin in the game? I and mean, what's going to make this explode now in the United States because you've learned all these lessons? Well, to quickly jump in with this, after getting the business back, we really had to do something big. And the kids were seeing those humane society ads where a tearjerk is from the, you know, the movie stars. And they said to my wife, um, mom, we've got hydro back. Surely we can help save these dogs. So this is where all this started. So I'm thinking we're going to go into damage control. You know, they've really thrown a bad thing out there with the brand. How do we, you know, jump back in and do it? Anyway, so um, my wife had this conversation with the kids. And in the middle of the night, my wife wakes me up and I thought I was getting lucky. But no, she said, let's get a 40-foot RV and tow the big blue dog around the country. So I sort of lost on one at the same time because it was such a brilliant idea, brilliant idea. So that's what, when we talk about, you know, what is the biggest lesson that we've learned, we've learned that today, if you don't have a social conscience in mind with your company, that the, the, the community can see that you really are invested there is no better way than seeing the owners of the company and their children driving around the country, giving back, raising all this awareness, saving dogs' lives, front-ending the brand of, of this big blue dog. Because when we finish the tour, we've created all these relationships with the shelters. And one day a month, the franchisees will marry up with the shelters and do exactly what we're doing now. Big dog wash day, local community, local news, raising awareness, raising more money. So we're very transparent. We're growing a, a for-profit business, but we're doing a non-profit exercise with a company called The Greater Good. All the money we raise from these events goes directly through them because they're the 5013C, and then they give the money to the shelters. So we're really front-end branding this business because we, I'm going to duplicate what we did in, in Australia, but we are now giving people the opportunity to see, look at us, look at our transparency, look at our dedication to the business, look at our authenticity of what we're trying to achieve around the country and the people we're bringing together and the dogs that we're saving. It is just unbelievable what's going on with the following and people supporting us right now. So, I mean, of course, you're on the Unshackled Live show today, which I, it may be the pinnacle of your success uh, to date. But, <laughs> yes, uh, but, uh, I love it. Uh, have you gotten good support? Like who who's supported you uh, in in spreading the word loudly? I mean, what have you had some great well, interviews or, or coverage? We've been on the Rachel Ray show, the Larry King show. Larry King put an event on um, with us in LA with Roger Love and Samar Geller and Zach Sane that's on the on the radio. I mean, Kevin Harrington's a part of the of the tour. From I mean, Shark, we've got Shark Tank. yeah from Shark Tank. I actually wrote a book with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank like, on my journey on coming into um the US. And this whole gamut that we've got of support's great, but let me tell you what happened. And again, very naively, I went from a pet industry franchise into the rescue world and really hit, hit ourselves on the ass because we didn't know the industry. This is a different beast with people with different ways of looking at life. And now that we've got the right business partners with the greater good, um, the animal rescue site, wild pets, and also... Um, 
uh, best, the Best Friends Society coming on and helping us. We now have the right connections to push us to the right shelters to make the best decisions to make this a very successful tour. Wow, that's a, it's it's great, and it really there's nothing like getting out and seeing the people and and having real conversations with the people that are making decisions. It's another big mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make. You know, Anthony is that they they make their business decisions in a vacuum. They they assume because they think it's a good idea, or because they sit at home with a spouse or a friend, and they they you know brainstorm it. They come up with these cool ideas that that's going to actually work out in the world. But I mean, as you discovered, uh, it's easy to get excited about something and then have it not work. Well, mate, everything is changing so fast right now. And I tell you what the number one thing is that I've noticed. I'm doing nearly every single post. I'm doing nearly every live um, chat. It's us. We're not getting a company to do that for us. And the reason being is that our Australianism is to start with, you know, really understanding what we're going through as a family. But it's all about authenticity today. You can't fool anybody anymore. People are, they're so skeptical, even with the shelters that we're coming in, they're initially, oh, okay, so what's in it for you? What are you, what are you trying to get out of? How much of the pie are you trying to take? None. We're promoting animal awareness and rescue. We're doing this for you guys because we've got a business that we want to marry up with you guys long term. We want to sell our franchises, but we want to do all this good on the front end first. And when they know what our intentions are, it's a completely different conversation. They shout us to the world. So it's really all about authenticity today Good. and really showing people you're real. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great guy. So be you, be real. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some business, important things that you need to know uh, right back here on the Unshackled Life on the Influencer Network. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you're looking to grow your business, enjoy fascinating relationships, achieve your goals, and find hope in a seemingly hopeless world, you'll want to tune into Coffee with Christy. Host Christy Dryling and her incredible guests have a frank and open discussion every week. Think of it as a time to meet with your mentors, get the motivation you need, and remove the obstacles one hour at a time. Coffee with Christy is heard live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Influencers. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Hear the stories. Be motivated. 
Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are tuned into The Unshackled Life. To reach the show today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Aaron at AaronScottYoung.com. Now, back to The Unshackled Life. And we're back, The Unshackled Life, uh, Aaron Young, and we're talking with Anthony Amos of Hydro Dog. The guy in a 40-foot RV who's driving around hauling, hauling a 20-foot blue dog. dog. It's a looks like a dog. It's a dog washing. I got I, I to gotta tell you what. It's too bad we're on radio because can you imagine that visual? Everybody go to the website. <laughs> go online. Look up HydroDog on, under images and see what you see. Um, yeah, so, so what a great story, Anthony. You know, from, from a high school student to professional athlete to, uh, 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 you know, taking an idea and growing it into the largest franchise of its kind in the world, selling it. I mean, guys, if you're listening, how many of you would love to be able to sell your business and get a great big fat check that gave you the opportunity to take on a $100 million hotel development deal? I mean, think about think about what this guy has done from, from dog washing. If you're in the, if you're out there in the world and you're thinking, I don't know if my idea is very good. I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if I, if I'm, if I'm smart enough. I don't know. I mean, guys, ladies, gentlemen, brothers and sisters, listen to me. The idea, the the way you make money, the way you get freedom, is one. You've got to figure out something that the market wants. I love the, I love the, the. Um, uh, thing that this fellow said to me years ago, I said, how do you get wealthy? He said, well, if you're standing in line, you're probably in the wrong place. And I <laughs> love that, you know? And so if you're with everybody else, so what everybody else is doing, you're going to struggle. But if you find something and, and, you know, I started, my first real company was in recycling and basically what I was doing, so I can paint a beautiful picture of what we did there, but here's the reality. I put on a dirty pair of Levi's and a t-shirt and and was sweating all day long even when it was cold and raining and snowing in Portland, Oregon as I went down into people's basements and picked up mildewy stacks of newspaper and carried them up those flimsy wooden steps and tossed them in the back of an old truck. That's how we started. Uh, that's how we started. Um, you've, you're going to find opportunities in places often that are not super beautiful and smell good and, and marbled halls. Um, it's going to come in doing something that other people aren't doing and filling a need that is, is a felt need by that little old lady who called you and wanted to give you $10 to watch her beloved pet. <laughs> and, and so it grows and we learn things as we go along. And, and here you are now touring the United States, doing this really brilliant thing, Anthony, of, of saying, how do we give our franchisees, when we develop them, how do we give them an automatic way to get publicity in their local community? And you can do that not in some cheesy way, but in a way that really is making a difference. So it's, it's all good. It's everything's, everything that you're – this idea is all based in good stuff. It's like Tom Shoes giving shoes to children who maybe are people who maybe never had a pair of shoes. So what you're doing is is great. So 
I mean, how do you come up with ideas like that? I know your your kids saw the the um, the commercials and your wife woke you up in the middle of the night, but I mean, to really do it goes from a conversation to saying, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna buy an RV or rent. I don't know. You had to have bought it. You couldn't be so yeah. expensive to rent an RV and put that many miles on it. Uh, most people buy an RV and then you know drive a hundred miles twice a year and <laughs> they, they sell it and lose a hundred thousand dollars on the purchase. So the um, so here's the deal. You're doing it. I've got I've got entrepreneurs that are listening to this. I've got people who are who are um, either wanting to jump out of a job and start their own deal, or people who are wanting to have a little more the flexibility to get to a place where they could get an RV or go. You know, like we were just at the beach for a month, or or they're going. How do you do that? How do I have that unshackled life? So, what are besides skin in the game? Besides you know, uh, uh, roll up your sleeves. I mean, but what did you learn along the way that we could pass on to some of these people? Well, I think the biggest thing is people are going to stop bullshitting themselves in regards to what their why is. And if I hear it mm-hmm. once more when I go to another event, my why is my children, my why is my wife, I will, I nearly swore and I'll shoot them in the head. The thing is for me is that you've got to really understand what that actually means. So here's, here's a guy, I'll give you a good example. He's what gets up there, does his big presentation on his why. This is my why. He gets a bit teary about his children, his wife. And of course we all feel that way. We're fathers. We know we know what that means. But if you look at that in contrast, this guy works really hard, but Monday to Friday, he doesn't see his kids before he goes to work, before they go to school. He's off to work when they get home. He's an entrepreneur, but he goes into an office and he's got a huge staff that but he, he has really good times with them on the weekend. And I know you've got to hustle and you've got to do all that sort of stuff, that's fine. But be honest about your why. Now, when I'm in this RV and I'm doing a 12-hour shift driving down the hallway, I've got to tell you, I love it so much. I'm really good at a power nap, 20 minutes, bang, and I can do another four hours. But my why actually is being with the family. I'm with them 24-7. These guys at 14, 13, and 12 getting this influence from me of this crazy entrepreneur. And I am crazy. There's no question. But I didn't learn any of this stuff until I was in my late 20s. Like, they're learning how to give back selflessly. They're not looking for anything in return. They worked so hard yesterday. They washed nearly 100 dogs between them, interacting with the customers, working with the shelters, meeting the newspaper, meeting the the crew. They're, They're talking on radio. I mean, when you talk about the why, my why is to be that influential. I want them to look at me and go, you know, I want to be just like my dad. I want to be able to do the things that he does, you know, take out the craziness, but they really want to do that. So, yes, that, that is my why, but is, a, is my why more about me trying to achieve something that no one else has done before? Think about what I've done with the path that I've shared with you today. Everything that I've done, no one's ever done before. Right now, no one in the history of America has driven a 40-foot RV towing a big blue dog visiting 50 states, 150 cities, washing dogs at shelters, raising awareness for animal adoption. It's never been done before. It takes five Australians to come over here and do something like that. No, it's really (laughs) about the opportunity of seeing it. I know that we will grow this franchise even if I don't do this, but now I'm at a place where I want to contribute. I want a legacy. So is my why my legacy? See how I'm starting to sort of separate. I started out with my kids being my why or is it more about my legacy that attaches them to me personally because of that why okay you know, okay so, so let's 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 ask a question about that so i love what you said about uh the why are you eating potato chips because i'm getting hungry it's no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
That's writing it. So. <laughs> listen, listen. Okay, I love what you just said about the why. People, people say all kinds of stuff about what if they even have gone to the trouble of thinking about why. Um, a lot of times, it's a misguided thing uh, because I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm, I'm and I may uh, have to swallow my words here, but I don't, I don't think way back when, when you started this, I don't think that you were. Um, Going, I just want to wash dogs in, in shelters. That's what I want to do. I mean, I, I love dogs so much, I want to walk. You saw an opportunity. See, here's the deal. Too many people, at least in this country, get told, follow your passion, follow your passion, follow your passion. And I contend that while it's great to become passionate about what you're doing, what you're doing doesn't necessarily have to be what you have always been passionate about. Um uh, I have a company that sells corporations and LLCs. I'm not really passionate about corporations and LLCs, but I'm very passionate about the way that a properly organized business can really bless people's lives. And so I, I'm about making a difference, but it's not. So here's my point. You, you're now passionate about being with your kids and with your spouse and with doing something cool and seeing your kids. But if your kids were su- serving food because you had a soup business and you were serving food at a soup kitchen, or if your kids were out, um, I don't know, you know, picking up litter and stuff because you own Waste Connection and and your kids are really out there getting their hands, they would they would be learning these lessons. It's little, it's very little about dog washing and very much about an attitude towards how can how can we do something more than just sit in meetings, more than just you know uh, have great Facebook posts. You're saying, how can how can I have build a life where I can teach lessons to my children and I can have experiences my, for myself that transcend the work that we're doing? Am I right or am I wrong on that? How many times have you heard it before when I've got a million dollars or when I've got enough money, we'll go on that holiday or buy that home? It never happens because they're consistently chasing that golden egg or the golden goose to be able to supply and they're missing the journey along the way. They're missing out on that daily basis. I just finished reading that book, um, uh, Nike, uh, something dog. What's it called? Um, I don't. I, I don't know. But it's it's Phil Knight's it, book. It, yes, it's Phil Knight's book. It's it's about the founder. He talks about the story. Uh, it's an unbelievable story. Like honest to God, it's it's very wor- well worth the read. My rubber and a waffle maker, and make uh, the first no. shoes. I mean, that's how Phil Knight started. Yeah, anyway, keep going. Yeah, 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 that's it. So um, he's worth $10 billion. Now, he was having, he came in in the movies and he was watching that, um, the bucket list that um, Morgan Freeman and the other bloke was in. And he saw um, um, the guy from Microsoft, uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. And, um, and his mate that does all the stocks and shares. What's his name? Uh, Warren, um, Buffett. Warren Buffett. Yes. Now, they were $60 billion. And they came out of there together and he's, he thought to himself, gee, you know, I, I've got everything I want, but what didn't he have the most? Spending all that time with his family. Both of his kids rebelled against him. One of them, unfortunately, ended up dying, but he was in a position where they didn't want to do sports like their dad. They resented him because he worked so hard. And he's a guy that's got $10 billion, and he still spoke about that he wished he had taken it back. He'd take it all back to spend more time with his kids yeah. because the family fragmented because of how much he – his why – ended up being his business. And he could have said, well, my wife's my family. Well, no, 
if you're wide with your family, you'd be driving around in a bus with them around the country and doing 50 states. So that's probably the biggest thing that I can throw out there. People kid themselves when they try to make themselves feel better within peers to say, my why is one thing, but if you dig deep enough and find out what that is, it's more than a passion because a passion is what gets you excited. But when you understand why you're doing something, sometimes it's your DNA. Sometimes it's you've already had that chemistry built within you with the way that you were brought up. So you have something that you're incredibly charged and good at and you fight against it because you think it's wrong. But if you work with it, your family end up benefiting from it because you're living out your dream of what your why is. It's no shame saying that you're your kids and your um, wife isn't your why. There's no shame in saying that. You just don't need to talk about that conversation in front of your peers. You've just got no. to work out what that is. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And you hear the passion in your voice, Anthony. I just love it. So tell me, okay, so we're, we're down to about two minutes left on the program. And I, I want to just ask you a couple of questions. First of all, yes. you just mentioned Phil Knight's book. Is there, is there and, and that cautionary tale of, you know, I, I was talking to a lady, uh, we were leaving the beach house yesterday, and one of the neighbors was there, and she, and she was very excited because she was going to go on an Alaskan cruise. And um, and she said, my husband and I always wanted to do this Alaskan cruise, but we were trying to save the money and have everything ready here. And and uh, I retired before he did, and then, and then he died. Oh. And, and, and so now I'm going on the cruise with my sister-in-law, but um, we missed it. I've heard story after story after story of people yeah. saved money and waited and waited and deferred gratification because they had to get everything just perfect. And folks, whether it's because you die, whether it's because you screw up a relationship or whether it's because you don't have your your intellectual property or your business idea or your funding just right, you must take steps. You got to just start and don't defer gratification. Don't delay your joy. No. Don't delay being with your with people that you love or things that matter to you because you don't know how much time you have. We all have an expiration date on us. And my, all, let me throw the, let me yeah, throw this in very, very quickly. You've got to learn to live in the moment. It took me four years of absolutely conditioning myself to live in the moment. If you don't learn to live in the moment, you can be present, but you are absolutely not connected to your family. So you've got to get to a point where things that you have no control over. Like, let's say, for example, it's a weekend and you've got to have this conversation with Jeff on Tuesday. You, you can sort of prepare yourself for the meeting, but if you do not live in the moment and show people that you are generally interested in what they're saying to you and not thinking about, you know, whether you left the lights on at home before you came out to that meeting, you, people know that you're not interested. And it's getting to that point where you've, if you don't present yourself and be present in that moment, you're never going to get to that next level because people aren't going to take you for real anymore. You've got to really work hard. And that's really saved me as well. Listen, it's not not all roses and um, flower beds with what we're doing. There are tough times here doing what we're doing. Uh, truly, there is a lot of moving parts. But we look at the real benefits and the exciting pieces that we know that the average person in their lifetime aren't going to see 50 states in this country. And, you know, Absolutely. we just put it, we focus on the good. Anthony, tell us, how can people find you? We're, we're down to 30 seconds. How, how right, can they find well, you? How can they support you? How can they I learn about Hydrogel? I'll tell you what I would love. I would love to speak at anybody's events, offices, or get-togethers, whatever. I'm a, obviously a professional speaker. I talk about the story while we're still on the journey. And all of that money that I charge you, that goes 100% back to the Bay to Save tour for to keep it all moving. So I would love anybody out there that wants me to speak at their event, I will do that. And to contact me, 
listen, you can either go to theanthonyamos.com, you can go to Bade to Save. If you get on social media and message me, find me Anthony Amos and just friend me and message me or go to Bathe to Save and message me and friend me or Hyderog. I think Messenger today, I'll, I'll connect with anybody that's, that's interested. I'm a very giving person to help right. anyone out. So that'd be the best way. So you guys heard it right there. Go find him, look on Facebook, and join us here. Thanks for being with me, Anthony. I appreciate it. And you guys come back to the Influencer Channel here on Voice America. This is The Unshackled Life. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Unshackled Life. Be sure to join The Unshackled owner, Aaron Scott Young, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have a great week.